0: The Oilers from the Detroit Red Wings tonight. Oilers Now Trivia brought to you all season long by Pro-Am Sports. Fan cave and fan gear specialist for all budgets. All correct answers. Enter to win a signed Dylan Holloway jersey. Check out ProAmSports.ca. Visit them in the store 127-28 St. Albert Trail in Edmonton. Our question, name the three former Edmonton Oilers playing for the Detroit Red Wings. Jason knew that David Perron, Jeff Petrie, uh, both who were on the 14-15 Oilers. Uh, Perron and thirteen fourteen scored 28 goals at queer high for him. Uh, and Clem Costin were the three members of the current edition of the Red Wings that prior to had played for the Evans Oilers. Of course, you can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 63 Get the new floors you always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. will tell you. Guests and winners now receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite place to celebrate your special occasion. Try a wagyu steak today. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, the River Cree Resort and Casino open 24/7, 365. Excitement, bet on it, and we welcome back to the floor, uh, back to the uh, show. We're gonna give them the floor. Former uh, NHL player, number one pick, 1983 NHL Entry Draft, GM and agent Brian Lawton whose appearances are brought to you by Wow Factor Desserts. This month, tick off all their dessert desires, including the delectable chocolate lava cake. WowFactorDesserts.com, where every bite is a win. Let's bite into this conversation. Hello, Brian. How you doing?
1: Doing fantastic, Bob. How are you?
0: Good. Very quickly, uh, were you surprised at all for a second that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were going to get it done in the
1: end? I was not surprised. It was certainly a close game. It was a strange way it worked out with a block to, you know, miss point. You knew that was going to cost the 49ers. I didn't quite think it would go exactly the way it did. But uh, in the end, you can count on Patrick Holmes to get the job done. Yeah. That is why he was the MVP, and he'll probably be the MVP
0: Next year. Yeah, obviously, uh, this year Lamar Jackson beat him out, but then Baltimore uh, got beaten by the Chiefs, who basically, I mean, you take a look at who the Chiefs beat in the playoffs. It's pretty impressive, you know, you take out, the Dolphins had a good offense, Uh, Buffalo was a good team at home, the Ravens were the favorite, and then obviously San Francisco. Is it hard to compare, you know, like people say, well, Mahomes is the best player in the National Football League, and he's won, and Connor McDavid's the best player in the NHL, and and, and he hasn't won, but there's another factor, isn't there? It's called the goalie.
1: (laughs) And... Yes,
0: that's that's true. You know what I mean? Like, do you you have to kind of, like, I think Connor McDavid is the most advanced hockey player of all time. And I think of the major professional sports, he's the best player in any of the sports. But maybe I'm jaundiced because I work for the Oilers
1: Entertainment Group. What do you think? I think i talked to other athletes in a lot of these sports. And I often hear things that Connor's done really shocked him with the watch, uh, watch hockey. I'm not saying they're, you know, experts in every way, shape, and form. But the guys that have the sport this equivalent of X, and I have talked to many before many that that which say, well, "This Conor David guy, he's just so far ahead of everybody else." A lot of people would debate that. But when you see the seasons put up, and he's not putting up, you know, the numbers that he's put up in the past this year, but this may be a contribution to the club in his still young career, to be honest with you, it's just being all about winning. But I see Connor McAvoy. Yeah, Brian, what we're
0: going to have to do here, uh, Derek, if you can talk to Brian, see if we can get Brian in one specific spot because it sounds like the call's dropping a little bit. Yeah, I got you, Bob. All right, so see if you can work your magic there. Again, you can text us 780-496-0063. How many of you buy that, that hockey's just a different sport and it's tougher to gauge based on championships? Or is that just a cop-out for Oilers fans who have had the privilege of watching Connor McDavid? Or is it, like, you know, like, the, the fact of the matter is Mahomes has won three Super Bowls. It's impressive. Um, you know, Tom Brady won, what, six? Now, there were years of Tom Brady. I think most people thought he was the best player. I don't know if he necessarily totally beat you by himself. And let's go back to that. So, so Brian, you were just saying, you, you know, like, when you talk to some of the other uh, major professional uh, athletes out there, they have nothing but respect for how much better it appears that he is than the other players in the league?
1: They do. They they recognize that. You don't have to guide them to that or try to lead them to that. You know, being a former hockey player myself and involved in the sport, you know, when you meet people, they want to know what you do, and it'll quickly turn to hockey, and it quickly turns to Connor McDavid and how much more advanced or how far ahead he is as the best player in the game. I'm not saying everybody believes that. I'm just recounting what other athletes are saying to me.
0: Brian, we were having a conversation about Clem Costin, who comes back tonight with Detroit. He wanted to get paid after the season he had last year, you know, double digits goals. Uh, I think he had 11 and 10, 21, you know, about 60 penalty minutes. He fought four or five times, scored a few goals for the playoffs. He got $2 bucks a year. Did you ever, as an agent, when you started Octagon, did you ever recommend that a player takes significantly less to stay with a better fit in that organization and that they wouldn't be as happy even if they got significantly more money elsewhere?
1: Two things. Number one, giving them exactly the advice you're talking about. And number two, when a deal is good enough where you should accept it and not risk it, with something that's open-ended, just take it and move on. And sometimes it's, you know, players would not necessarily jive with that right away, but I can't remember a time when come, someone came back and said, oh, that was a terrible call, Brian. Because ultimately what people don't understand is that the players are educated, but a lot of them want to be told what the right answer is. And quite frankly, that's why you're paying they're paying you as an agent to figure that out. It's a little bit, players in the NHL at times. Players don't want to coach the team. They want to be instructed how to play. And that's it. Well, that was the type of relationship I had with players a lot of times when it came to the business end of it in terms of representing
0: Brian Lawton for Wild Factor Desserts. Brian, the orders won 16 straight games before the All-Star break in the bye week. They didn't play great in the last three or four games. They played well in my opinion against Vegas. They got it done against Anaheim. They weren't good that night. I did not like their game against L.A. Any reason for Oil Country to be concerned a bit about the Oilers losing two of their last three after winning 16 in a row?
1: I don't think there's any reason to be concerned, but I can tell you as they were ripping off wins in 12, 13, 14, even 15. I can remember thinking it would be very interesting to see. You know they're not going to win forever. So what do they do after they lose? And um, they're 1-3 they're, they're so far. It's still early. There's nothing that I could say I've learned. I'm just curious as to where the level of the game goes. I never worry so much about the wins. It's great they won 16 games. You and I discussed it, Bob. It felt like they had dropped off maybe a little bit towards the end. And to me, that's more important than necessarily the wins or the losses, as long as you have established yourself as a clear-cut playoff team. Earlier in the season, this was a problem and a concern. Now I don't believe it is. Now it's just a matter of where can they finish in their division. And um, all, the, all, the, all the management should really be asking, how are we playing on a nightly The losses or are... They're difficult to just go by that because even through the 16-game streak, there were games where they, quite frankly, probably shouldn't have won. But it's a credit to them that they did. Okay, well, now you've got to start to think about the playoffs. That page has been turned. Uh, You're just looking for consistency from them down the road. It's unrealistic to think they're going to win every game, even just one win in three games since there. doesn't tell you anything yet. You'll get that information as we get closer to the uh, trade deadline.
0: Brian, what were your thoughts on the five-game suspension of Morgan Riley?
1: I thought it was too much, I'll be honest with you. It's hard to put into words what it means when you go down for an empty net that's uncontested and you take a slap shot. It's kind of like giving the finger to everybody on the other team and skating by the bench like you're in slap shot. So it would have been hard for me to rationalize that there wouldn't be a reaction. Can you go and cross-check a guy in the head? No, you can't. But Morgan Riley, for heaven's sakes, have you looked at his penalty minutes? Have you watched him play? Have you seen what awards he gets talked about? (laughs) This guy's closer to the Lady Bing than a bad actor in the NHL. And quite frankly, that's what surprised me a little bit with the severity. Okay.
0: Uh, Was there a guy that used to do stuff
1: like that when you played? You know what? If you did something like that, you expected to have a full-out brawl. And that's different today. Players don't think that way, nor should they. The players have turned this over to, it's up to the league to police it. Right. But This is one of the... Yeah. Back in the day, the players would just... I, I would never take a slap shot on a breakaway, and even the craziest guys that were accustomed to fighting all the time were super comfortable with it, would know that they're going to get jumped.
0: So there wasn't a guy that went and purposely antagonized in the sort of fashion that Ridley Gregg did?
1: I I really felt that it was egregious. There was tons of guys. I played with some of them, like Keith Acton, that played for the Oilers. There was Kenny that played for the Oilers did it all the time, but I still don't feel like it was as blatant as this. This was literally like sitting by the bench and insulting every single player that was on on the bench for Toronto.
0: Yeah, I I have a feeling the first time the two teams play next year, really, Greg is fighting. That's just going to come with the territory. He's going to have to take the fight. That's that's the reality of the situation. Um, Yeah, yeah, right. totally with you on that. So there you go. I think that that's probably inevitable. Uh, we're about, Brian, we're about a month out from the NHL trade deadline. What's your thought process on waiting as opposed to being proactive? And do you get rewarded for waiting because there's the potential of more teams getting mix, which weakens the actual assets required to upgrade your team? How do you see that?
1: Is where it really pays to do a deep dive into the market. And, you know, there's a process for this because it can be one thing one year and a different result the following year. So, what is the process? The process is to look at everybody you're competing with, know your competition as well as yourself, and really break it down. Let's just take a player like Jake Gensel. Okay. So, what would that process look like? You would take Jake. We don't know if Jake will be traded, so I'm not throwing. Jake, who's a good friend of mine under the bus he just is a guy that a lot of teams would love to trade for that happens to be unsigned so automatically he's put himself in a bucket where teams are watching him every night saying "Geez, pittsburgh they signed all these guys they signed Latang, um they signed crosby malkin they went out and got eric carlson they might have boxed themselves out that's he what they be did vulnerable to be traded
0: that's what they That's did. Exactly it made no sense getting Carlson. It never did.
1: No, it did not. So now in the process for Edmonton and most of the teams, you're going to go through and do, do a deep dive on who might be looking for a player like Jake Gensel. And then you are got to match up the assets that you have, their past history, see what they're willing to do, understand what you're willing to do. And if you come up with the answer that, there's a good chance this guy falls through the cracks. It's a good chance we could pay them. And you can afford to wait. Like Jimmy Rutherford, he, in my opinion, the Vancouver Canucks were threatened by what the Edmonton Oilers were doing. They already have in their history to make their moves early. That's the way Jimmy Rutherford's always done it. He's known for it. So it's not totally surprising, but I think it put a lot of pressure on them by how they were playing. Because Vancouver recognizes the finish first overall in the Pacific is very valuable. So they, out, they made their deal early. They paid a pretty heavy nice price. A lot of people would say Calgary did well. Um, but ultimately, they had a big advantage. They above, and that is that they have a lot of Swedish players on their team. Or they certainly have a long history of having great Swedish players there. Yeah. So I think they have a better than better than average chance to re-sign him. And that does shift the deal as opposed to a guy like Jake Hensel, a team like the Edmonton Oilers that probably will not have the cap space to re-sign him. So you got all these different factors going on, but ultimately like we literally used to break it down to the teams that were buyers, where they were exactly at, and were they a threat to us to make this deal? And if they were, we must be out in front of the market.
0: One final one for you. What would the acquisition cost be for Gensel?
1: For Jake Gensel, you're always going to start. I always laugh because everybody always starts with the old Peter Forsberg. (laughs) You're talking about a first-rounder, a a roster player, and a really good prospect. That was kind of the starting line. That's changed a little bit. You can go back and look at the most recent trades, and that will give you the best starting point. Um, Pittsburgh Penguins are not necessarily looking to trade Jake Densel because they are right on that cut line, even though it looks like today they might not make it versus seven days ago it looked like they will make it. Uh, That's going to continue to vacillate back and forth. Ultimately, it's going to cost you a first-round pick for sure. And then you have to be smart about it if you're the team that's trading him Would you rather have a couple seconds if you thought it was going to be that high? I don't personally think it will be that high in the end unless it goes early. Or would you rather have maybe that elite prospect that you feel has a chance to play? And then you want to figure out who you're trading with and what will their first rounder be. Will it be in this year? Will it be in that 28 to 32 range? Will it be in that 20 to 32 range? These are all the things we're looking at. It is a seamless fluid equation. If I were the Edmonton Oilers, I would say, in evaluating them, that they tend to wait to the very end. That's more of Ken's DNA. He's a very patient GM. He gives off a very confident feel that it's water off the duck's back. If we have a good deal we can make, we'll make it. Uh, Ken struck goal last year with Matthias Eckholm. A lot of people were surprised he waited. It worked out beautifully for the club. Is he willing to risk that again? These are the types of conversations we have with people all the time that are other teams in this market. Brian, great
0: stuff. Thanks for joining us in Oilers Now. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. That's former NHL player, general manager, and agent Brian Lawton for Wow Factor Desserts. With close to 35 years in business, Brent Ridge Ford has many long-term loyal customers. If you currently own an F-150, you can get up to $16,000 off. A new F-150. If you want to be treated fairly at every aspect of vehicle ownership and get award-winning service, reach out to our friends at Brent Ridge Ford, 780-352-6048. Ask for Rich, Johnny, and Uncle Milton Sales or Kevin, Margie, and Mike in service. Remember, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Keep texting us. Every text, uh, you get a chance to enter our text of the week drop where winners receive three months of washes at my favorite car wash, Great White Car Wash, 100, Street. A reminder, Royal Pizza still making a great pizza pasta and so much more. And you can get their new Two Can Dine special for only thirty seven ninety five until February the 29th. Visit royalpizza.ca where the staff recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. We're going to go to the Stein History for New West Travel. You can join us on our exclusive four-night road trip to Dallas to see the Oilers play the Stars in April. Reach out to newwesttravel.com for more information. We're going to go back to 1980. Here's Brennan Escott. Yeah, nothing too crazy happening this day, but Ron Chipperfield and Mark Messier each scored twice as the Oilers beat the North Stars 5-3 to three at the Metropolitan Sports Center. Jim Corsi and Don Cutts split the game in goal for Edmonton. And yes, Jim Corsi is that Corsi. Corsi for the analy- analytics type. Now, uh, here's the deal. Reed Wilkins has got the City Ford Face-Off show coming up after Global News Weather Traffic Update. Tomorrow, uh, I'll be in the air with the Edmonton Oilers, and Brendan Escott will be hosting Oilers now, and he has got a full slate of guests. Uh, courtesy of Montorio Homes, developing customized homes, perfectly built for your lifestyle. Visit Montorio.ca. Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network. For Abe's Door Service, one of the most plugged-in men in the business, Elliot Freeman, and NHL Insider John Shannon for Lake. Heating and Cooling and Alberta Golden Bears head coach Ian Herbers as they get ready to take on the Saskatchewan Huskies in the opening round of the Canada West playoffs. First time in 28 years the Bears do not host a playoff series at Claire Drake Arena. Again as I mentioned at uh, 526 in Edmonton off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. Special thanks to Derek Scott, uh, Brendan S. Scott, Reed Wilkins and the gang for helping out on today's show. Reed up now. Next with the City Ford face off show at 535. I'll join you live from Studio 99 at 605. So long, everybody from Oilers Now.